the alleyoops at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is a game preview show. 49ers versus Vikings. Uh, a lot of starters probably aren't going to play. You're probably not going to see Trey Lance. You're not going to see you know, a lot of the Kyle Juszczyk, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. So why am I so excited about this game? Well, the reason is, is all the young players are going to get their reps. And that's something I'm very excited about. I mean, joint practices have concluded and now it's time for the 49ers to go out there and put a team out that can compete against the Vikings. What that team is going to look like will be interesting. How many of these young players that are currently uh, positioned to be starters are going to play? I think that's something that's going to need to be answered. But I'm excited to get into this. And there's a, a bunch of guys that are hurt, and that's going to give opportunities to these young guys. And opportunity is exactly what they need. Reps are exactly what they need. So it's going to be a little bit of a different circumstance than we got against the Packers. Against the Packers, we got a little bit of Trey Lance. Uh, we got some big-time plays out of him. But there was a lot of exciting things that happened as well, including the emergence of Spencer Burford, Sam Womack as well. Those guys played off the charts and played so well. And I think everyone's excited to see that. So we're going to go through some of the things that we're going to look forward to in this 49ers versus Vikings game. Now, all the fireworks happened already, right? The first teams went head-to-head in joint practices. That was tremendous news you know, that came out of that, depending on you know, certain positions. Some guys played really well. Some guys, you know, kind of were struggling a little bit, but you expected some of it. Now let's see how that translates. We're probably going to get twos on twos and threes on threes. Uh, as far as, you know, second and third stringers, I think this is one of these things that I'm excited about. So I want to go through some of the positions and the things that we still need to watch. Uh, that way we can focus on areas in the game where we can focus, you know, on certain players. And I think it starts with the offensive line because Mike McGlinchey's got knee irritation and he's not going to be playing this game. Of course, I don't think he would have played even without knee irritation, but the questions at right tackle are a little bit more confusing. You know, Daniel Brunskill isn't available, so he's not going to be a part of that conversation, but who ultimately is going to be a part of the conversation. I think right away, the guy that makes the most sense is Colton McKivitz. Colton McKivitz is going to be a guy that's going to step in. He's going to get those first team reps next to Spencer Burford, and we're going to see Burford in this game. It's important for him to get reps. I mean, in game one against Green Bay, they played Spencer Burford for almost a full three quarters. That's the kind of reps a young guy needs in preseason, and it's so important for him to get that. Then also next to him at center, Jake Brendel. He needs those snaps as well. I don't think they would be willing to turn it to Sutherland, West, and Zakel. Nick Zakel now taking center snaps could be something to watch. I'm not sure they throw him to the Wolves in this game and say, hey, kid, just started snapping. We're going to go ahead and throw you out there. So that would be a little bit surprising if it did happen. I would be excited to see what his progress was playing the center position. So it could happen. I think Aaron Banks will play as well. I think Aaron Banks is going to need these reps. He looked very good uh, in the game against Green Bay. I mean, no negative plays. It's very nice. This offensive line is getting uh gelled in certain positions of course they struggled a little bit with Daniil Hunter uh and Zadarius Smith during practices but I think 
for the most part, everyone struggles against Daniel Hunter and Darius Smith because they're two really good edge rushers. And that switch to the three four was a different look. It was a nice, it was a nice thing for these young Warriors offensive line to get used to seeing a different style of defensive front when you're going against one of these nose tackles that's absolutely massive. And then you combine two, you know, the, the five techniques, they line up a little bit different on you. It changes your angles. It changes the way you have to go about your run game, but also your pass sets as well. And when you have these two guys that can stand up on the outside, it makes it difficult. So uh, I want to see how these guys handle this game. I want to see how this offensive line looks. And let's see if somebody like Justin Stuhl uh, can redeem himself from what happened in Green Bay. He's, he struggled a lot during training camp. But maybe this will light a fire under his butt. But we have other guys as well along this offensive line that I'm encouraged and I want to see, including Jordan Mills. He's been playing pretty well at the right tackle spot. Not sure he's an ultimate fit for Kyle Shanahan's run game. We'll see how that translates. But, you know, there's other guys as well. Sam Schluter's battling for a, a chance just to stay on this team for one more week because cutting down from 85 to 80 is going to happen on Tuesday. So... I think there's there's questions that need to be answered, and there's going to be a lot of reps for these guys. So we're going to get to see the young guys step up. And I didn't even mention everyone's favorite offensive lineman, Jason Poe. I want to see how Jason Poe does. It, last week, you know, he, he ranked as one of the best offensive linemen in the run game, over a 90 percentile according to PFF. Pass blocking, though, 13. Can he improve in those areas? I think he can. So the offensive line is probably my number one focus out of all the positions that we're going to see in this game. And then second after that, I think is the cornerback position. I mean, I know I'm flipping over to defense, but it has to be the cornerbacks. You had Sam Womack absolutely establish himself as potentially the starting nickel corner just last week, making those two interceptions, which was fantastic. But they went ahead and moved on from Darquez Denard. And they moved on from Denard, even with having injuries to Emmanuel Mosley, who is starting to work his way back in. And Charverius Ward, I don't expect to see either one of them until we get to the week one game against the Chicago Bears. But I think there's there's so many questions that have to be answered about Yamador Lenore, about Ombre Thomas, because you would think that these two guys would now step up and, and fill these roles as the backup guys, being cornerback three and four on the outside. But so far, uh, they've been hit and miss. Now, Lenore, of course, has looked better than Ombre Thomas. Ombre Thomas had a couple of plays he made that were nice in joint practices. I think that's good news for the 49ers. But can the, how do these guys hold up? Now, we're not going to see them against Jefferson and Thielen in this game. I don't expect those two to play. But let's see how they handle the Vikings overall. I want to see these guys continue to get reps, continue to get better. And can Samuel Womack build off his performance in the first preseason game against Green Bay? If he can, I think everyone feels comfortable with him solidifying himself as a starting nickel corner. But remember that right behind him is, a, is an undrafted free agent from UCLA, Quantrez Knight, who has been absolutely exciting. I've enjoyed every single moment that I've seen from him at training camp. Of course, he was a guy that I was very high on once they signed him as an undrafted free agent. And now we're seeing him kind of fool around with nickel and safety. Uh, he's a heady player who understands. He's very instinctual. So I think that both of those guys are exciting young players for the 49ers. I'm looking forward to seeing them get a ton of reps. Let's see if they're tested, and I want to see them tested. Let's see if they can make plays. Both of them have Womack in the game against Green Bay, Quantrez Knight in the joint practices with an interception. Well, these two young guys are exciting. They're going to go out there and, and compete in this game. And I think being able to see these, these guys develop is some of the funnest things. So, I mean, if you're a 49er fan and you really enjoy the back end of the roster, this is going to be the game for you. 
you're a 49er fan that you know enjoys just seeing the starters, uh, this isn't going to be the game for you. But I think either way, uh, if you're a Niner fan, you know, sit back, enjoy some of these young guys. You're going to get a good idea of who's going to be able to make this roster. Yeah, the 49ers have to cut from 85 to 80, but um, they're still building towards cutting to 53, which is a tough proposition. And some of these guys are trying to earn a spot on the practice squad. Um, but there's other questions as well in the secondary because you have Jimmy Ward out. Carverius Moore uh, was getting raked over the coals about getting beat by Romeo Dalbs on that slot fade. And I don't know if he's still recovered from that as far as uh, the national media goes. They were getting after him a little bit. Um, but I think he's going to come back and have a good performance. And this week, George Odom stepped up as well. But we have a battle for that safety spot opposite of Hufanga. Nick Hufanga has solidified himself in that spot. And now they're looking for somebody to play that free safety Jimmy Ward role, which is not going to be easy to replace. But Jimmy could potentially be out for week one and week two of the regular season. So they need to find an answer. It made the most sense for Tarverius Moore. He has the skill set, but it has to translate to the field. And he is still overcoming that Achilles injury. So, you know, I'm not really recovering from it, but, you know, he's getting back. Uh, but there's exciting players at the safety position, too, because I want to see undrafted free agent Taylor Hawkins, who had such a good performance in, in week uh, first preseason game week one against Green Bay. I want to see how he stacks on that performance. He was another guy I was high on. Montrez Knight, Taylor Hawkins, and now he's going to get an opportunity. You know, Leon O'Neal's not there. Uh, they're full, Dante Johnson's not there to get those reps, so they're going to rely on Hawkins, maybe a little Quantrez Knight. I think it's an exciting thing to watch. So watch for 41, watch for 43. That's Taylor Hawkins, Quantrez Knight in the secondary. And, of course, you guys already know about Diamond Lenore and Ombre Thomas. I think those are four guys to watch in the secondary. All the while, can Tavares more stand out? Uh, you know, and and make some plays. You know, there's other guys in the cornerback position as well, but those are the guys I'm going to focus on in this game because I think those guys are the ones battling it out, not just for starting jobs, but also to make this roster. I mean, could Quantrez Knight show the versatility for them to finally be able to move on from someone like Dante Johnson? Put Quantrez in there. That's a tough. That's a tough thing to do. Uh, Dante Johnson seems to always end up on this roster. But it's something we could find out in this game. So that's something I'm focused in on. I'm excited about. And those are guys to watch. Uh, of course, when you get to the linebacker position, there's going to be some uh, some things that are going to happen there as well. Because you're going to have a battle for one of these guys not to get cut as part of the next cuts. They are, Of course, Curtis Robinson is injured. Uh, he's not going to be playing in this game. He could be back for the Houston Texans game, which I think would be pivotal for him if he wants to try to make this roster. If the 49ers only keep five, uh, Oren Burks and Demetrius Flanagan Fowles have, you know, the two spots behind the starters, you know, lined up and locked up. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of movement there. But if the 49ers were to keep six, which they could, then there's an absolute battle for it. We've seen Curtis Robinson play well, but now he's not going to get any reps. So this is the time for uh, Marcelino McCurry Ball, who had the interception last week against Green Bay, to prove he is consistent in run fits, consistent in making tackles in the run game. If he can do that, he has an opportunity to make this team. He's tremendously athletic, one of the most athletic linebackers on the entire team. He flies around with his 4-5 speed. He's got sideline-to-sideline ability, and he's good in coverage as being a former safety. So he's a prototypical type of uh, player the 49ers like to use at the linebacker position, a former safety who can move, uh, that has that quickness. But how quick can he pick up recognition of run and also shedding blocks and making tackles in the middle of the fray. That's tough. It's tough to be able to get downhill 
and make those plays and not flow side to side over uh you know overgo overgo where you're supposed to go in the hole and get kicked out. Those are not good situations for you. So don't overrun the running back, don't overrun the flow. Uh staying behind is very important. And so those are things I want to see from a curry ball. But he's got all the physical tools to be able to be an impact player on this team. Uh, just can he make this roster? It's going to be tough. And this is an opportunity with Curtis Robinson out. Of course, there's a couple other guys to monitor as well. Jeremiah Gemmel, number 47. He's going to be playing middle linebacker with that third unit. And Saguna Luby as well. He'll be playing uh, for his job. And I, I think those are guys to monitor because one of them could get released in these next cuts. Uh, that's tough. But let's see how these guys go ahead and pan out. And with the 49ers not playing that first unit, let's see who lines up. I think it'll be McCurry Ball. Next to Demetrius Flanagan Fowles and Oren Burks as part of that first group playing. If it's McCurry Ball, we're going to get a really good idea of what the 49ers think about him and how he ultimately fits because those two guys are locks to make the team. Uh, McCurry Ball also, will he show out in special teams? That's another avenue for him to be able to make this team as a sixth linebacker, and I'm going to be completely focused in on it. Other opportunities along the defensive line are there. We've got question marks as far as who's going to be playing because uh, Jordan Willis did not have the best performance against Green Bay. Now, he had been having really good training camp, but then didn't have the best performance, and he needs to have good performances because Kamoko Ture continues to shine. Kamoko Ture, number 53, will be somebody for everyone to watch. Last week, he made big plays in the run game. He got after the quarterback, and that did not stop in joint practices against the Vikings. He was putting pressure on Kirk Cousins. He was running down screen passes from behind. That's the kind of motor energy uh, and electricity that Chris Kacerik loves. And he knows that if you have that, he can go ahead and, and motivate you to make a lot of plays. So Mocha Ture is somebody to watch, but also Jordan Willis. He's back in his number 75 that he wore in college. And so far, let's see how he translates. Let's also see what they do as far as which guys play on the interior. They moved on from Robert Kimdiche. Yeah, they still have Adkins. Uh, let's see if Hassan Ridgeway finally gets some snaps. I think those are going to be fun things to watch because still figuring out how the 49ers are going to build this defensive line uh, is, is important. You know, I mean, you're going to have to see how many interior defensive linemen are they going to keep, four or five. They keep five. That means they're losing one of these edge rushers, which I'm not sure that they really want to do. Um, but it's a, it's a good problem to have, and a lot of this is going to be decided on the field. Some of it will be decided in Minnesota. Of course, ultimately, it will be decided in Houston as well. But the Warriors are going to have to cut down by August 30th, and uh, it's going to be tough, and these defensive linemen know it. So they got to go out there and earn it every single day. And I think these edge rushers are going to make it really hard for the 49ers to not keep seven, which is very interesting. So um, those are guys I'm keeping an eye on. If Hassan Ridgeway's out there, um, he will probably get a lot of my focus. Let's see if Kinlaw gets any snaps. I think he would also be fun as well because he was putting people on their butts uh, early on and starting a lineman for Minnesota. So that's something to watch as well. And you know what? It, there's not really any game planning that goes into these preseason games. But when it comes to offense and defense, let's just see how they execute. Let's see how they go through the motions. Um, a lot of people are ready to see Brock Purdy. You're going to see a lot of Brock Purdy in this game. You're going to see a lot of Nate Sudfeld as well. Those are going to be the two guys that are manning the quarterback position. I think Nate Sudfeld right now will roll with the the first team. He'll be the first guy out there, and I think that should be expected. He's got full control of this offense. He's able to pull the trigger, pull the strings, and let's see how he operates because it is important for the 49ers to have a competent backup quarterback. I mean, it was just last year that Jimmy Garoppolo missed a couple games. 
and Trey Lance was able to step in and get you know get a split and able to help the 49ers get to the playoffs without Trey Lance winning one of those games. The 49ers don't make the playoffs. And if Trey, heaven forbid, happened to go down for a little bit, you need Nate Sudfeld to be able to step in there and at least get you a split, make you competitive so you can win games. And if Nate Sudfeld's not that guy, then you need it to be somebody like Brock Purdy. But the 49ers got to figure that out right now. They need to know. They need to make sure that you know they're insulated in case something happens. I mean, it was just last year that Trey hurt his finger. You know, and if you're going to have a situation like that, you got to have someone to step in. You got to. Uh, but one of the things that's going to make it a lot easier for these quarterbacks in this football game will be the running backs. And it may be the most contested position group in the entire team because the running backs right now seem very bunched up. You got uh, TDP who looked really good against Green Bay. And then you've got somebody like um, Jamichael Hasty who's looked explosive. And uh, Jamichael Hasty was thought maybe to be on the outside, maybe just a third down back, but he's had some tremendous runs. I think he's really, really looked exciting. Trey Sermon, Jordan Mason, TDP. I think those guys are bunched up for right now for running back three. I don't know how many people agree with me that Jeff Wilson Jr. is currently running back two. I think he is. He's had more good performances in the joint practices against the Vikings. I think this room is Elijah Mitchell and then Jeff Wilson Jr. And then these other guys are battling it out for three or four, which means you could have four guys battling for two spots between Jordan Mason, Trey Sermon, TDP, and Jamichael Hasty. Hasty being the exception between the, the four guys, he has a different skill set. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He's a third down back guy. That's what he does. The other three guys are all power backs who need to get vertical, who need to be able to run through tackles. So it's it's exciting right now, and we'll see. I mean, I think TDP, you're just talking about game performance, uh, would be ahead of the other two. I thought Jordan Mason had a couple of really good carries. And then a couple of questionable carries that I wasn't really uh, high on, but I want to see him even in an extended role, hoping we get to see more and more of these running backs so we can get more film and be able to see who's going to make this roster. Um, I, I I really like the running back room overall. They've stayed primarily healthy. Of course, we did have you know the little hiccups with Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr. But for the most part, these other guys are volume backs. These guys are going to be able to get after it. So. Really, really excited about those guys. Um, and I think that, you know, this is one of those games where we're going to get to see the depth pieces step up and make plays. And that's what we really want because the back end of this team has not been decided yet. Sure, Kyle Shannon and his coaching staff have a pretty good idea of how they want to go. But you're always hoping that one of these guys is going to step up and seize the moment and seize those snaps. Uh, and this could be it. So, I think that's what it's about again. You know, it's not about like key matchups between the two teams because you're not going to get starters. You're, you're getting a lot of backups. So it's more about your team and how they're going to handle, you know, each rep. But we want to see our guys continue to develop and continue to get better. But there's one thing I want to do because I do this with every game preview show is we get a wow, that's bold prediction. So we're going to get into that wow, that's bold prediction right now. Wow, that's really bold. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. So while that's bold is here, and I got to make a prediction, and, you know, last week I went with that the running backs were going to have good showings, that every one of them would have a, a wow moment. Now, maybe Trey Sermon let me down a little bit. He didn't really have a wow moment. I thought the other backs all had impressive moments, uh, something that at least made you sit up a little bit and be like, oh, okay. 
Um, well, this week I'm gonna I'm gonna get into. Uh, I think it's gonna be the defensive line for the 49ers that's going to impress. I think these backup guys are gonna get after it, and I'm calling for the 49ers defensive line. You have four sacks in this game. I think overall they're just gonna make things happen. They're really gonna get after this Minnesota Vikings offense. I think it's going to be an exciting one if you like defense. And I think those four sacks are going to create turnovers as well. So I'm very excited about the potential of the 49ers defense against Minnesota Vikings offense. And the fact that they have some familiarity is good because that means you have an understanding of how these offensive linemen are going to block, how they're going to approach pass blocking. And I think the Niners have so much depth along that, inter- along that defensive line that they're just going to get after it. So that's my wild ass bowl. Four sacks for the 49ers in this uh second preseason game against the Minnesota Vikings. I think it's going to be a fun one. So if you're excited about uh, backup players for the 49ers, the full depth, uh, you're going to get it in this game. Hope you all enjoy the game preview show. Maybe I gave you guys some players to watch. If you have different players that you are going to watch, leave it in the comment section. I would love to have an interaction with you all. Make sure to comment back. Uh, thank you so much for you know watching. If you haven't had the opportunity, go ahead and subscribe, like the video, share it. Uh, that definitely helps a lot. And there's also content over on Patreon that you can get, including a new episode of Big Yikes, which are always funny and fun to have, and also slightly offsides. Those are up and available right now, so you can go check those out over on Patreon. Um, but other than that, I really appreciate everyone for coming through. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a good one. If you follow us on Twitter, sit back. I'll be tweeting throughout the game, so that'll be exciting as well. Interact with me. Let's have some fun. Let's go Niners. Can't wait for the game. But until then, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers.